Well, welcome back, my friend, to the Created to Thrive podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a familiar topic, but in a way that is going to bring it real for you to practically apply to your life. And it's based on the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, that says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. And a lot of times we can cling to that verse, but we don't really understand what is the process it takes to build that life, to um, see God's plans come into reality and to have vision for your life. So I have my husband back on to discuss this building process. He's a builder, and he is one that knows this process really well. And so listen up as we share the building process for your life upon the rock, God's firm foundation. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's Word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who He created you to be, because you were created to thrive. Well, welcome back to episode number 25 with my husband, Fred Snyder, here. And we're going to be talking about this building process, and I thought, who better to have on than my husband, who is a builder by trade, but in the building industry. So welcome, Fred. Yeah, I'm excited to actually talk about this. I can actually relate very well to actually the building processes. I've been doing it most of my life, starting at um, about 17 years old building houses. So I have a little understanding uh, about this and and actually how it can relate to um, our lives as well. So excited to to talk about it today. Yeah, I'm happy to have you on here. And I really want, you know, whether you understand the building process or not, these are some foundational keys that you are going to need to help you build the life that you want. You know, two key questions that um, we see in the book of Jeremiah, where, where God and Jeremiah are talking in Jeremiah 1. And then Jesus also asks people uh, in his present day ministry, but he says, what do you see? We have to have vision. And I think that's really where a lot of people struggle is getting that vision. And then two, what do you want? And so, Fred, I want you to share on that process since well, it's on your heart. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting if I don't know if, if a lot of if some of the listeners are familiar with like an HGTV or build it or, you know, do it yourself. Yeah, all these do it yourself shows, and you know, the, the the interesting, consistent thing about these shows is they tap into something. When they tap into people's desire for a better life, yeah, um, they tap into people's vision um, in receiving something that is beyond what they had expected, um, and and really the desire for a life that is fulfilling and. And and these shows always always tap into that emotional side of a better life. Really, in the possibilities too, right? It, the full potential the, of something. Very much so, the full potential, and that's right. one of the gifting is they're tapping into that emotional desire. You know, people have that for the material, but they also have that for their lives as well. In terms right. of not just the the physical, but the emotional, they have it for the relational. They want to be better in relationships. They they can have the same types of emotions for let's say a marriage or or any type of family relationships, they're always 
that's why people like those and those are so highly rated because it taps into emotion of a better life. Right. Um, it's driven by desired dreams, d- desired dreams, vision, and there's just an emotional attachment to it. And, you know, there's nothing almost more, more uh, emotional than the, the American dream, for example, owning your own home. You know, just it's so symbolic of our culture, so symbolic of, of, of success, of, of having a family, um, ties the family into it. It just ties a whole array of, of in our society of what it means to, to, to look successful. So, you know, I really want to touch base with the, the of what it takes to, to build something in and it really, uh, it really starts with your imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, if you actually look at the tower, tower of Babel and actually really do a really in-depth study of that, the Babylonians had vision for something. They they had a vision to reach the heavens so they could make a name for themselves. Now, very carnal, right. um, but they were going to build something. They they wanted they they were they were striving for significance. They were striving to fulfill a gap in who they they wanted to proclaim who they were in their identity. And so they just started the biggest construction project of of, of in human history. And obviously, God went and, de- and de- put put an end to that. Well, Genesis eleven. So yeah, they can read about that. Yeah. So vision. It's it's all it's really all about that. I really want to talk about is you know how what's it look like and if you take that and apply it to your life, we're always building something. Mm-hmm. Or, and, and, and we're trying to build something. But some of us, you know, I've been, I was building my life um, from the day I can remember all the way to the day that obviously we separated, but it was, it was built wrong. It was right. with the wrong motive. It was the wrong vision. And it really was with the wrong desire. And I talk, talk about that in the last podcast about, you know, bring, having a mask Mm-hmm. of false identity and bringing in facades around the, the materialism facade to bring it around to support that that lie of my life and right. you know I really it and when the storm hit the house fell right. and when we separated just I just looked at that and like what have I been doing for the last 10 years or however long it was and it was just horrible yeah. and really it brought me to a point okay what's god say about building you know god said he's going to build something if you build on the rock It'll survive a storm. It, 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 it really will. In Matthew 7, it says, The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Yeah. Now, it's our responsibility to start that building process on rock versus sand, but we have to lay the foundation. We have to gain knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, which is really the basic foundation of how we're going to grow in the Word and in relationship with God. So that is the foundation. But He is the rock in which you you build on, which you which you plant your life on. And you know, the start of the process is is you realize you want to start a start a, start a, build a, build a life and and build something that's prosperous, something that has meaning, something that'll last through eternity. In something that's just going to really bless people, right. and and I have to tell you, Lori, the hardest part of that whole process isn't looking at the end game. That's the fun part. Looking mm-hmm. at what's what can be achieved. What what does your mansion look like? What does your house look like? What does your life pronounce throughout eternity? You know, that's the easy part. Thinking about where you're going. But the real hard part is getting, you know, if you buy a lot and you're going to build on something, you know, you have to clear the land first. And you and I actually, when we separated, you and I started clearing 
having a vision for a better life, but we had to get messy. We had to get down into the dirt. We had to cut the cut the the weeds out. We had to pull the trees out. We had that were deeply rooted in soil. Right. right. Um, strongholds that were deeply rooted. Yeah, lies we believed about and, ourselves. And so the lots of your life is when you first start the process. And a lot of people really never get to this point because they don't want to deal with the clearing of the land. Well, what is that? That's rooting out lies of your life. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's getting rid of all those things that could screw up your foundation. Because right. if you actually know anything about the construction process, if you leave roots in the ground next to the foundation, when those roots deteriorate and sink... It actually destabilizes your foundation, sets cracks in it, and actually compromises the building. Sinkholes. Sinkholes, exactly. And so when you do this right, you're going to, like we had to do, we believe we did this right, and it's a mess. You're in the mud. If you go by a construction site and look at the the bulldozers, look at the lots when they're clearing land and they're getting ready to set foundations and footings, it's a muddy mess. It's mm-hmm. dirty. Right. I mean, there's not a single person on that job site that's clean. Right. And, you know, that's what was one of the things we had to do in our lives is we had to, we wanted a better life. We wanted to have the house or our lives built in, in accordance with what God wanted for us. But in order to do that, we had to get dirty and take care of some deep strongholds, some roots that have settled in our hearts that we needed to get rid of. Yeah, and I think one of the things that all we ever heard about with marriage were the tools, how to communicate, how to love one another, his needs, her needs, all of the tools, but we were not taught like the covenant of marriage. Like God established marriage, we probably should understand how he intended it to be and what that means and what the covenant is versus the contractual perception that most people go into marriage with of how are you going to fulfill me and how are you going to make me happy so it was all these these tools that you can you know have to to build but until you have that foundation and that's where is in psalm 127 it says unless the lord builds his house the labors build in vain and we had been building in vain for far too long and that's when we finally came to the end of ourselves and found the beginning of god because self was the problem. And so we had to look at what have we been building our life on, the lies that we were believing about ourselves, about each other, about everything. And so that's when we partnered with God. And and God says in in Jeremiah 1, I referenced it earlier, but this was really uh, key for me. He's talking, Jeremiah is talking to the Lord, and the Lord asked him, you know, what do you see? And um, Jeremiah tells him, and then there's a process that he gave Jeremiah at that point that I built upon. It says in Jeremiah 1.10, See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. And likewise, you know, we've built our house before and, and until you get into that dirt, but that's when the Lord really put on my heart, and he said, Lori, I was born in a messy place. He was born in a stable, so he could handle my messiness. He could handle my messy places, and he also said to me, if you grow up in manure, you don't know you stink. We don't know what is normal and what is not normal because it's all relative to what we've been, um, we've been raised with. Yeah, well, you mentioned something just a little a few minutes ago about all the the tools. I mean, there's 
a lot out there regarding tools of marriage, yeah. you know, date nights, communication. But it wasn't helping us. <clears throat> well. Because <laughs> we yeah. hadn't done the heart work to really, you, you, what were our beliefs? What do yeah, we believe you, about God you, and what do we believe about you know, ourselves? Psalm 127 one says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build in vain. And when the, and the Lord watch, watches over the city, the guards, unless the Lord wa- watches over the city, the, the guards stand in vain. And, you know, you can have all the right tools. Um, and you can know how to use the tools, and you could do it right way. But the bottom line is, you also have to right, have to the right plan and the right per, the right process. Right. And you can you have your plan. If you have the wrong plan or the wrong process, you're not going to be effective in building it. Right. If the plan's screwed up, which most marriage plans are, because they have very little understanding of of the purposes of marriage and purposes why. Of what you're trying to, what God wanted to, to accomplish through marriage. Right. But so, even if you're not married, this is really important. Absolutely. So, you know, you have to get God's opinion. You got to get his understanding and you have to apply wisdom, knowledge, and understanding what the plan and the process is. And part of that, you know, and, and you can know all this stuff. And part of that, the right process is clearing the land. Mm-hmm. Part of the right plan is building on the, on, on the right foundation. If you, if you put that plan in place, but you you short you you act circumvents the whole process. You're opening a door for a bad foundation, and which subsequently leads to a to a faulty house. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have the right plan. You have to understand the process, all right, and you have to build on the foundation, and you have to use the tools in accordance with all three. Tools standing out on their own not going to do you any good. Process without the right tools is not going to do you a lot of good. And if you have the greatest plan in the world, but you don't know how to employ them, the tools, or understand the process of construction, the process of building it, right. not going to do you a lot of good. Right. So you actually, to build that life that the Lord has for you is understand, okay, I believe in you, Lord. I accept your will for my life. I'm going to focus. I'm going to open up. I'm going to listen. I'm going to hear. I'm going to see. And I'm going to build on your rock. My job is to lay the foundation through knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Okay, now I can. Now I'm in a position to understand that process and to employ the tools to start moving toward the plans for his to how I'm going to build my life. Mm-hmm. So you have to have all four of those to actually effectively build the life that the Lord wants for you. And that rock is like when he talks to Peter or talks to his disciples and says, when when he asks them who he is, and Peter says you are the Christ, the son of the living God, that's the revelation that we build our life upon. Absolutely. That's that rock, the revelation Which he was going to build his his church. Yeah, Jesus is the rock, not Peter. Not Peter. Peter's not the rock. His name changed to be the rock, but he's, that's, it's the revelation that Jesus is the living God. So yeah, when we separated, Lori, we, we had to go acknowledge Jesus is the rock Correct. Of our lives, yeah, we and weren't. That we're gonna. What's that? <laughs> we weren't the rock of our lives. We were. Well, we tried to be, but we were really sand, and yeah. we were actually quicksand. I mean, it. It. You know, it, he talks about the storm in scripture, but you know, it was maybe a little gale when the blew us down. I mean, it wasn't a lot because right. we just were very unstable. Yeah. And you know, the first part of building houses is clearing the land and getting out of the deep rooted, the deep roots of 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 unbelief, the deep seated lies of our lives. We had to get that taken out and replaced with God's opinion and God's in, in our belief in what he says about us and what he says about others. And 
even more important, we had to get to know him and have an understanding of who he truly is. Right. And so, I mean, you don't know who we are as children of God until we know who he is. And we had to get that right. Right. Well, and we didn't even know how to get there. And I think that's where a lot of people are is who do you turn to? Because we knew we had a lot of mess. That was not an eye-opening thing to us. We knew we were broken people. We just didn't know how to get fixed. And I was trying to fix you, and you were frustrated. And we had to have professional counsel that would help us uncover the hidden areas of our heart that we didn't even understand or know what were there. So it was with a combination of its spirit and truth. So it was the work of the Holy Spirit by getting to know God Jesus, his son, and the power of the Holy Spirit, along with a professional that could help us uncover those deep-rooted lies that we didn't even know existed or were trying so hard to to cover up. That's that messy, hard work that you have to do. That is exactly right. you got some subject matters you're going to have to deal with through your past experiences of, of, of your life that created a, a, a seed that grew into stronghold that you have to... Un- and you know what? That was brutal. I remember coming out of those counseling, counseling <laughs> sessions, having gone to a place that I really didn't want to go to. Sure. And and it's, it's, it's just... The heart work was the most hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Is, but it was also the most freeing. Oh, very much so. Very, very much so. And, and and a lot of people are going to have to deal with issues in their lives that, that are holding them back. And, yeah. And, but unfortunately, I think a lot of people just don't want to go there. And, well, trauma, not to interrupt yeah, you, but we her. all have trauma. And if you don't deal with this trauma, see, the lie is if we go back and uncover the pain of our past, it's going to hurt worse now than it did when it originally happened. And that's just a big fat lie. See, God only uncovers something to set you free. Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted and set the captives free. So when you understand that process of nothing is going to be uncovered from him that is going to hurt you, it is only going to set you free from the jail cell of self-protection that you have put yourself in. And he's also a gentleman that he'll only go where you actually allow him you or allow him. him you have to give him permission because and, and you got to give yourself permission and to yes. go there. Yes. And that's just something you're going to have to understand in, in, in your life is that, that you know, there's only one person in this world that can deal with your issues. Yeah. There's two, actually, you and Jesus right. and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You eventually, you're going to have to walk this out. And yes, we had we were very fortunate to have uh, a very good friend counselor that that walked stepped in, walked behind us, and and you know he didn't he just asked those <laughs> gut wrenching discovery questions. Yeah. And it's not like he was telling us that we had to do this or we we're screwed up or anything. Is he just all he did is help us? He was an investigator. He, all he did is investigate and ask us these questions that we just didn't want to go to and. And we didn't want to deal with it. Well, the problem was we were identifying with the problem or with the experience. You know, here's the thing. Guilt, shame, and condemnation are the the tricks of the enemy. There was shame in our life. The problem was we didn't just identify with doing things that were shameful. We identified with shame itself. And that's what had to be addressed. 
our identity now had to be shifted over to our identity is with the living God, with Jesus through his death, burial, and resurrection. His blood is nothing, there's nothing more powerful than his blood, nothing we've done or haven't done or said. And so that was a whole process of what I call the great exchange process, where he who knew no, he who knew no sin was made sin so that we would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, I believe. Um, and that we had to understand that process. Yeah, absolutely. And it was clearing the land, as we call it, clearing the land, dealing with the hard issues that are holding us back, Yeah, that are creating obstacles and blocks to hearing God and actually obstructing relationships with God and each other. Mm-hmm. Once we were working through that and cleared the land, which, by the way, I have to say it's it's an ongoing life experience quite frankly because you know um you look outside your house trees grow things come up you got weeds you got to pull out you got to continue maintaining the the land even after the house is built but what i'm saying is that first initial clearing and walking through that and getting these obstacles out is is the first part then once that is once that is at a point then you can start building right building the house God wants for you, which is a metaphorical for your life. Mm-hmm. And you can build on that. Um, you can build a house that's plumb level square. You can build a house that has a firm foundation. Um, you can build a house that's going to withstand a storm. You can build a house that, that, that people can sit and admire. And even more importantly, you can build a house that people want to come and visit, that want that feel peace in the presence of the house. When either what is your own actual literal house or just being around you. Mm-hmm. When you build your life from that perspective, you become a, 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 a safe place, yeah. a safe place to visit, a safe place to have communion, a safe place to, 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 to be restored, a safe place to be refreshed, and just a safe place because now you're in a position that house or your life is a place where actually the Lord works through you. Right. Well, and a big part for both of us is we talk a lot about how we knew about God, but we really didn't know and understand God's true character, his loving kindness, his goodness. And that takes time to renew your mind, Romans 12, 2, to not just you know, your thoughts, but reprogramming and writing new things on your heart, exchanging those lies for truth. And, you know, it says in, in Proverbs to buy truth at all costs. And that's a process. And it also has to be of building emotional trust. Not only do we have to build emotional trust with each other, but we have to build emotional trust with God. Because if you have a wrong view of God, thinking that he's going to put something on you to teach you something or bad things, he's going to use all these bad things, it's going to shape that relationship. It's going to twist it. And so it's a matter of we had to not only look at clearing the land with our past, but again, it goes back to what do we believe about God and what do we believe about ourselves so we can move forward in partnering with God to build that house that he has for us. Oh that yeah, life. Uh, our whole life when you know when you had the had the crooked house or, or the, the house built on our own, our own, whatever our own it wasn't understanding built, our own under, our human own, human understanding human intellect human intellect and and is that you know our our view of God was totally um, I, you know I don't even know where my belief in God started from. I really can't pinpoint that that if I did something bad, he was the old he was a god that was just gonna zap me. 
or he's going to, I was going to, you know, if I didn't do things perfect, that he was just going to, going to, um, 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 Punish, take, you. punish me and, and you know it's a punitive away. a punitive god right a punitive really literally punitive yeah a lot of you know, he was so holy that he was going to be punitive you know and i just didn't have a full understanding of the fullness of his grace and the fullness of what jesus did right i just did not have that knowledge and i did not have that understanding of which to to, to build my life i had i had uh, opinion right I had a I, I my opinion was superseded the knowledge of God right. super superseded my opinion based on whatever superseded the truth I put my opinion and my ideals above the actual truth of what God says and what yeah. God's word was yeah. and you can actually take scripture and validate your unbelief or validate your wrong thinking but when you take the totality of Scripture and you seek it out in relationship and see how good he truly is mm -hmm. that Jesus actually paid for the all of your sins, past, present, and future, right. that your understanding and your relationship with them is on a complete change, will, will change. Yeah. Well, and for us, it was a matter of getting into the, the four gospel accounts of Jesus's life, because Jesus says, when you see me, you see the Father. So we were looking at, we started looking at, okay, when we see what Jesus did here on the earth, how he was an exact expression of the Father, that really made a big difference for us then to receive God's love for us. Because I know that's another key for both of us was receiving the love of God. Not just knowing that God is love, but that receiving end of opening up our heart to say, come on in and I receive you and your fullness. Well, that's another very, very, very important part of actually building something is to hear, to hear God. Now, if I'm going to go build a house, I got the land cleared, I got a footing down there, now I'm going to start the construction process using materials, right? Okay. Again, another metaphorical approach. Well, if I'm, where am I going to get the materials? Where am I going to get it? Somebody's got to deliver something to the job site. Right. You have to actually stay there and receive the material to actually start the process. Mm -hmm. You know, you can almost like relay that when the truck comes with the, with the, the um the building materials it's almost like the holy spirit bringing you something yeah you got to look at it like that yeah and you know he's got all this he's you know and the other thing i'd like to say is you got a house in your imagination of your life that's probably a nice little three-story house well if you actually got went and asked god hey what do you think the house should be god would probably take it up to about 150 stories <laughs> god guarantee your vision for your life is way smaller than god's vision for your life yeah and, and and you have to go beyond that about 10, 100, 1,000 fold of what he has planned for you. And you say, how, well, how do I do that? Well, he's going to bring all the materials. He's going to actually, he's going to walk with you in terms of building of, of the process to build that. He's going to supply the materials. Okay. He's going to bring all that because he wants you to succeed way far and above and beyond what you want to yeah. succeed in terms of building your life. Yeah. And and you have to look at the Lord as both a financer. He's the one who's going to bring all the material. Yeah. And then he's going to walk alongside you and he's going to show you how to build it. Because if the Lord does not build it, they build in vain. Right. So he's not even going to take, he's going to, he's going to take what you, in your small thinking, he's going to expand it a thousandfold. Then he's going to finance it and bring the materials. Right. Where there's vision, there's but, provision. But you cannot build a 200, 300 story without first, understanding how that foundation 
Yeah. That foundation, absolutely. The bigger the house, the greater the foundation. You have to have the rock, and you have to start there. Yeah. Well, and even a tree, it's got to... It's got to, its roots have to go down and be established, and you don't see a lot of growth in a tree because everything is happening underground. It's in those footings, so to speak, that is not visible, but then it takes time to do that, and then it can grow. Oh, absolutely, and that's kind of the story of our life. You know, we had to go clear the land. We had to get to a point where we could hear the Lord, <laughs> and then he asked us to take steps, and we ended up going to Bible school. All right, the Bible school for us was really laying the footing on the rock. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we started to build, the, now we're starting to build the walls. I mean, so that, that's really what that, what that is, is, right. is we had to get to a point where, okay, now let's start doing the, the Bible school as the footing and the foundation, and now we're starting to step out a little more and do little things. But this is building, yeah. and we yeah. just want to share that there is a process. Sure, and it takes time. And it does take time, you know. But I love, you know, Ephesians 3.20 is one of my favorite scriptures, that God is doing exceedingly abundantly above all that we can imagine or ask for according to the power that works in us. And a lot of people leave that last part out, according to the power that works in us. We have to allow God to work in us through us and for us. It's a partnership that God gives us a step to take and we take that next step and then there's a next step and then there's a next step. And um, so that's that's an awesome, awesome thing. Yeah, it's it's. I just enjoy the building process because I can relate to them. Like I say before, you know, Jesus was a carpenter and a fisherman, yeah. so I well, can relate to that really well. And in John ten ten, that Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance, and that word life means zoe, which is the God quality kind of life, which is really the true life, not just a suke life which most people live just as an existence. But that Zoe word means the God quality kind of life, which is the Ephesians 3.20, exceedingly abundantly above all that we can imagine or ask for according to the power that works in us. All right, today, just for sake of time, we could talk for a long time about the building process because that's what we have done a lot of, and we just want to help you. So, Fred, what would you say to encourage person of, okay, where do they start with clearing their own land, looking at their own life and heart, and how to start moving forward into what they believe God has for them? Well, I certainly hope they don't fall in the same situation we did. We're actually <laughs> end of the end of the totally collapsed. Um, uh, well, collapsed. God made a miracle out of our mess. Yeah, so. we, yeah, it was a bad one, I tell you. Um, <laughs> he did, yeah, but well, I mean, but he also can build a good house too. Our lives are metaphorically our our houses, our lives, and and so forth. So you know, I just I just start with writing down the things that that you don't want to deal with. Yeah, what what, we're, what our counselor told us. Um, Write down everything you deliberately don't talk about. Exactly. That's what you <laughs> deliberately don't want to deal with. Don't want to deal with, don't want to talk about. Yep. Write those down because yep. that's what the Lord wants to help and, you uncover. You know, if somebody says something to you and uh, it stings a little bit or it gets you crossed up, write that down because there's a reason there. There's a wound there. Yeah. So you have to deal with these wounds, that the, you know, the scripture about binding up the brokenhearted. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that need to go through triage and to, to, to find out really where they're at. Yeah. 
and and deal with some things. You're, you're going to have to get into the hard stuff. You have to face that trauma because it's really holding you back. You cannot have the life God has for you if you're not going to get set free from the traumatic things that go all the way back to childhood. Yeah, you think it's going to hurt you too. And it doesn't. It, it, it hurts at first. It does. But it's, when it's, the Lord it's does sets, it, it's You know, I go back to Moses. We talk about that quite a bit when Moses, when, when um, the burning bush experience with Moses... It's a great, this, the great part of the story was when the Lord commands Moses to pick up the, drops the staff down, turns into a snake, and he tells Moses to pick it up. Now, if you're sitting there, Moses, and you've been in the desert already, what, 40 years at this point, and you've probably killed about 10,000 snakes, and you probably got, you know how dangerous they are? Like, why would I want to do that? Yeah. Right? Especially by the tail. You don't pick a snake up by the tail. And I just say to these, and he ended up picking up, turns back into the staff, right? And he's showing Moses, God's showing Moses that he can be trusted and that he he wouldn't hurt Moses. Okay, let me just put it this way. The things in your life that the Lord asks you to pick up and deal with, you think they're going to kill you? The things, the hurts, the wounds, the, the, the all those old things that come back to haunt you or you're trying to avoid because they hurt so bad. The Lord wants you to pick it up. Why does he want you to pick it up? Because he can heal you. He can yeah. heal your heart, and he will heal your heart. But even more importantly is because somebody has gone through the same thing. There's somebody out there that, 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 that has walked through the same thing, and he's asking you to pick that up. So the serpent turns back into the staff, and the staff was used for what? To set, to set people free. Yeah. So God wants to actually bro- bind up your brokenhearted, set you free, dust you off, set you back on the rock. Right. But you have to lay it down because Moses had to lay down his rod. Yes. But why? Because not only does he want to set you free, but through your testimony right, and through what you can walk through, he wants to set other people free th- through you because yes. the experience that you overcome now empowers you to help others overcome as well yeah. for the glory of God. Yeah. And that's where God gets glorified because like just with our own story, we have helped many people overcome marital separation and so they don't get divorced and now they have thriving marriages. So um, I hope this has blessed you today, Fred. Thanks for being on again today. And you know, we're just inviting you into our conversations. This is how we you know, talk a lot uh, at, at just in home and what we call our coffee time. So I hope this has blessed you. We would love to have any questions or comments that you have. And so we just encourage you to seek the Lord. You know, Matthew six thirty three says, seek God first, his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these other things are added to you. And so as you seek him, you will find him. And so we bless you. Friend, I hope this podcast has blessed you. And now here is a way that you can really bless me in return. First of all, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And then go to Apple Podcasts, leave me a written review along with a five-star rating. This not only encourages me to keep going and producing these episodes, but it makes it possible for others to learn about this podcast as well. Then go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode or your review and then share it on your Instagram and Facebook stories and make sure you tag me at Lori K. Snyder. So then I can share you and my stories and then we can just be social together. Together we can reach more people 
with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and this podcast helps make that possible to fulfill the Great Commission. Thank you so much, and God bless.